Hey everybody, welcome to your unpaid therapist. Hello, welcome to another episode of your unpaid therapist. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I didn't even get a donut. Oh, that's, that, that's sexy though. I, right? like, I like it. I'm Valerie Milagros Ortiz. I don't know. I am your host, Ali Kona. She's away. Bradford. <laughs> this is your unpaid therapist. Shua. Okay, ladies and jelly beans, it's your favorite therapist that you don't pay to listen to, but that's okay. We're happy to be here. I'm Ali Kona, and of course, you know, the beautiful and effervescent. What? This, wow, this introduction, I feel like the guest. (laughs) And then, of course, and there's some other guy. Yeah. We have an amazing guest for y'all. Do the introduction, Alicona. Okay, so I've known this person for like two decades. He's a dancer, he's artistic director, phenomenal father, and just an all-around okay guy. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You can't just say all those amazing things and say, (laughs) yeah. This is Mr. Anthony Cardona. What's up? Thank you. First of all, I'm obviously I've heard so much about you through her and just I want to say just for you to just do her the favor, obviously, to be and uh, me the favor to be here and just talk and be honest. A lot of men won't do that. So I think that just takes like a real man, somebody who's really like not only talking the talk, you're about what you say. So we appreciate you, and I can't get, I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, <laughs> never have I ever. I'm so excited oh. about this because we kind of did something different today, which I, I kind of like. I, 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 I kind of feel like we should keep the idea of letting a guest like write one. That yeah, that keeps us on our toes. Yeah, yeah, I kind of yeah. like this. So Anthony yeah. wrote his own one, and we have no idea what it says. And I, I there's something about that that I like. Okay, so I'm gonna. But that doesn't mean you get to pick your own one, right? So okay. you just kind of like shuffle and pick, and don't forget to keep the mic like by your mouth. Got it. Oh. <laughs> Me too, right? All right. So shuffle. Yeah, I'll hold your mic. Hold Thank on. You. Yeah, I was like, oh. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. I work out, guys. <laughs> this one. Okay. Unpaid therapist. Never have I ever had a nickname for something that I was embarrassed about. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> That's like okay. I actually have one. Okay. Um so when I was 18 I got my first car and for some odd reason I thought it'd be a good idea to have a uh personalized license plate. Yes. Okay. And um well, you know it? this one. So I wanted, like, I don't know. I was so proud. I went to Cuba, like, around 20. And then I just came back with all this, like, cultural pride. And I had my license plate say Cuban Poppy. But it, okay. but they didn't have the one with the eye, so it was Cuban Pappy. Oh, no. <laughs> and then my whole community started being like, Cuban Pappy, Cuban Pappy. And I was like, and just to this day, there's people that, like, I've known for, like, decades are like, what up, Cuban Pappy? And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, you deserve that one. <laughs> um, so I did have this. And, it, like, that's funny. Mine was traumatic. <laughs> like, a lot of people already know this story, but I wasn't allowed to shave my legs, pluck my eyebrows, do all the things. So my brother used to call me one eyebrow girl. 
Um, and that was like, <laughs> yeah, it sucked. And the biggest, like the shittiest story about that whole thing, because it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you had one, one eyebrow, like who cares? But I was in middle school and middle, you know, middle schoolers are like just horrible. And they, they tell you everything and like make you feel like shit. So that was one element of it. And then we were going to like one of my little cousin's birthday. I think she was turning like five and we're in the pool. Um, and I've told Coralis this story on before. And she goes like, why do your eyebrows connect? And it's like her little <laughs> fifth grade party. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I start crying and I go to my mom. I'm like, Coralisa, ask me why my eyebrows connect because my parents wouldn't let me. Like, I was so, like, ugh, frustrated. And the fact that a little baby is, like, now, like, you know, like... What's making, wrong with you? Yeah, making fun of me. I'm like, this is on another level of, like, bullying. Like, it's like <laughs> a, a child. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, one eyebrow girl. That nah, that hurt. How about you? I've never had any, like, those kind of names, yeah. but I took that card as, because I didn't write it, but I take it as, like, have you ever named something, anything embarrassing? And I don't think I have. What do you mean? Was that, did I not hear the question correctly? It doesn't matter. I'm curious as to what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I had, oh, had a nickname. I thought you were asking if I nicknamed anything, and then I immediately thought we were talking about... Oh, I mean, you might as well go for it. So, sh if you're not on, if you're not paying for the Patreon visuals of this, you have to get on it because Ali Kona said some words, but the visual that you did not see was her implications that we were giving our genitals nicknames, and she did like a wavy thing yeah. over her. That's where I thought this question was going, but I was like, okay, I'll take the car one. And then you start talking about your unibrow, and I was like, okay, this is obviously not. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what you missed. So enlighten us. I don't have any, like, okay, I, you guys know this because I, I have this invention and everything. <laughs> but anyways, I've always called it a chubby bunny because it looks like a little bunny that's like, okay, you know, with chubby cheeks. <laughs> And I always said, this is like totally irrelevant, but one day I was sitting on a plane and the AC went off and it was so hot in the plane. And I was like, God, I am sweating. I was like, I need to invent a bunny cooler, like some chonies I can turn on, they get cold. And then you just like, don't sweat. So you guys now have my patent chony bunny cooler. Bunny cooler. Fast forward, somebody is like on Shark Tank. I call it the chubby bunny cooler. Yeah. You're like, ah! yeah. Invention. <laughs> Okay, that, so next I like one. That. Thank uh, you. Let's see. Wait, I'm like straight up looking at it. <laughs> I wasn't, I couldn't read it, but I uh, never have I ever accidentally farted on someone. No. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy that answer's no. Oh, God, but I just saw Anthony's face go. Hmm. I know. I'm like, God, thank God this is a no. I can't wait to hear you guys answer this. Please be yes. I mean, I'm a father of three, so I feel like we do a lot of drive-by, like, just crop dusting all the time. So, I mean, yeah, I've done it. Okay. But on yeah. an accident. On accident? Hold your mic up. Yes, I have. Actually, I was partnering with somebody. and I What had does that mean? 
dance. partnering. So I was dancing okay, with them, yes, and then and part of the part of the choreography was uh, me having to lift them. Oh, and man. when you lift, you know, you have to get grounded <laughs> into the ground and use your core and oh. tighten up. So it was something that I grabbed her waist and like I didn't fart on her, but it was the acoustic was quite loud. Oh, I'll say that yeah, much. Yeah. So then I lifted her up, and we <laughs> Poor were girl. Yeah. She's like, dang, I shouldn't have ate that and, burger. <laughs> and then yeah, it just. Can't remember if it smelled or not, but I was just in, internally I was dying inside. I was retreating within myself and hiding. So yes. Oh, was this like an actual performance? Was this a rehearsal? It was a rehearsal. A rehearsal. It was okay, a rehearsal. Okay. So oh, I don't I don't know we would have kept it together in a show. <laughs> oh, Alicona. <laughs> I know you wrote this, I think. Because it's happened. Okay. And it was in a performance and it was dancing. Oh. <laughs> and it was on Anthony. <laughs> it was on me. I mean, I don't remember it, so <laughs> I was so mortified. I was like, <gasps> okay, so we had done this performance that Napoleon and Tabitha choreographed. If you guys don't know Nappy Tabs, they're freaking geniuses they're from. So you think you can dance. JLo, everything. Okay, they choreograph everything. And they used to be in charge of Culture Shock, which we danced for together. And um <laughs> choreographed this wonderful routine to Sean Paul where uh, Anthony and I were partnered together. Oh, yeah. And I had to do this thing where, like, I cartwheeled and he caught me upside down and, like, shook the shit out of me as I was upside down and my legs were wrapped around his neck. And we were in this performance and you just shook me so hard. I was like, whoop! And it totally escaped. I was like, oh, my God. It was oh, that means it was aimed up at my head. I remember that, actually. That's funny. Oh. Oh my god. I think I don't know if I would have ever been able to like see your face again. Like I'm I like I can't ever talk to this really, man uh, like god. ever in my life. Like I I think I have to move. <laughs> oh, that is really funny. Yeah. Good yeah. one. All right. Your turn, boo. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. I would die. Like I think Completely I forgot would die. about that. Yeah, well, funny. I'm glad you didn't smell it. <laughs> He's like me too. Mm. <sighs> okay, I mean, I'm trying to pick him. Never have I ever fallen down a flight of stairs in pub in a public setting. <laughs> I feel like if you've been following our podcast for a while, like I think it's safe to say that we know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I cannot wait for this story. <laughs> it's like. I Story time with Ali Kona. No, every time. Okay, so anytime something embarrassing happens to me, by the way, it's always in front of a boy I find attractive. Always, uh, always. Okay. So who did you fall? Oh, I. Oh, oh, and you know him, DJ Shift. Oh, okay. oh we went to high school together. My friend Justin. He was my first high school crush ever, <sighs> and I was in my cheer outfit. And I forgot to put bloomers on that day, so it was just like underwear, and I slipped and I fell like on my ass down the stairs. Oh. It was really sad. I've also, by the way, run across an auditorium, same thing, cheer practice, and uh, there was like a, like a white poster board on the floor, but I didn't see it because the floor was white, and I ran across it, and as I did, both feet went out from under me, and all you heard were my thighs slapping on the ground. Ugh. And the first person to say anything was a guy I liked, and he went, oh! Oh. So like, and how do you get up off the ground any kind of graceful from that you don't you, don't. you just like make fun of yourself and like pretend like, don't pretend anything you just do um, you're like that, that was a good one <laughs> oh no you guys yeah I can't say that I've ever fallen down the stairs 
in front of anybody. Oh. I mean, I've done like a maybe like a little salsa move on accident, but yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've actually fallen. Oh. So no, that's okay. a no for me. Okay. Yeah, same. Falling down the stairs. That's, I don't know. <gasps> okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's such a, that's, that's a lie. I think I would have remembered. Oh, you're making yeah. it sound like that's a really hard thing to do. <laughs> to, to forget <laughs> I, it was where I was going. Alico. No, to forget. Um, those were really fun. Yeah. yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> cool. So, to your great stories. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I've lived a life, you yeah. guys. I keep this interesting. Uh, <laughs> I try. So today, one of the reasons why I wanted Anthony to come join us is because he and I were having this conversation. We hadn't talked in years. And I randomly called him and he was going through it. And one of the things you brought up was like toxic masculinity and how you've discovered that that's something that's been prominent in your life. But like, no dude ever says that. So how did that even like dawn on you? And what is that? How it dawned on me? Well, I just kept seeing the same patterns over and over and over and hurting so many people. It, it, it could be just from the simplest relationships to the most romantic. And um, I just left a pathway of destruction that I wasn't happy and I just was, I mean, can I cuss on here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just tired of my own shit. Yeah. I just took to that point to where I just was fed up. I didn't want it anymore. And um, everybody had the same reoccurring statements to me. Which were? Um, I mean, narcissistic, toxic, um, egotistical, so many things, you know what I mean? And um, I actually hired a therapist and then they were just like, that's a lot of trauma learning because you're not sort of like, you're not diagnosably a narcissist and so i took that and i was like i just i didn't even want to hear that because i couldn't believe after all the things that i've done that it wasn't it you know i was like that's not the answer then what's the answer and they're like well it's trauma you're just gonna have to do some digging and that's when i started my sessions and just going on this journey of discovering reading all sorts of books and talking to different people and looking for like men's group and just yeah just trying to find because i i grew up without a like a father figure mm -hmm. so i didn't even have that to ask you know him mm -hmm. to ask so that's what kind of started it um do you want to okay so i guess elaborate on those behaviors right because i know you and i know the things and whatever you're comfortable talking about but again involving the whole okay like what's your opinion of toxic masculinity like before we yeah so actually i usually read a quote um Please. at the end but i read this and i just was curious on y'all's thoughts. It says masculinity isn't toxic. It's men who aren't masculine who are toxic. Weak little men use and abuse women instead of stepping up to lead and protect them. Our society is suffering from a shortage of real masculinity and it brings great harm to women and children who have no protectors. I just thought, I mean, there were so many things in that that I could dissect that I was like, eh, that's interesting. Um, so would you say, would you agree with that? So that, yeah, like, what are your thoughts on this? Absolutely I not. I think, I think that's actually a disservice to both genders because I, I mean, like it just teaches a man not to be intuitive. It teaches a man not to be vulnerable. It teaches sure. dominance over that and, and, and stoicism. Sto how, is that how you say mm -hmm. it? Stoic stoicism. Stoicism over vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And um, it really limits even the woman. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's so many strong women and, and it kind of, puts him in a box 
and also men is in a box you know sure so. and even the the words weak little men you you know it's like that in and of itself it's like it it's um it it's i just feel like it's just talking down to a man and um emasculating him and just i mean it's just straight up mean and then and when you want someone regardless of gender um or how they identify to step up and and relate and and be vulnerable like you're saying it's just like using words like that it's just like and and also assuming that somebody needs to protect you it's like sure but also like that's part of the problem i think it's like having these like these rules and these expectations on one gender right and like they they have to do this and if they didn't don't do this they aren't that like they're not good enough um and like you said not even having that father figure to grow up with like a lot of people don't know what that looks like so where do you learn it um yeah i also think it um removes authenticity mm. you know what i mean because instead of being authentic with who you are knowing your true edge you're lying to yourself and others because that's actually how i fell into all of that because i would promote myself as the potential me but not who I really was and people wouldn't know who I was because I was I was creating this facade mm -hmm. and then they would lean into this facade so much that when I dropped the ball because I wasn't being authentic and expressing myself and asking for help because to me that was like you know weak like little weak man. weak little man because we're we're told to you got to be strong. You can't cry, this and that. So it's just like, yeah, it limits us from the potential of creating a healthy life because we're trying to uphold these guidelines that are instilled to us ritualistically. And it's all over the world. It's not just like in certain cultures, you know what I mean? Like, let's just take like an, uh, an let's go to another country where it's tribal. They'll put a little boy in a jungle where he has to go kill a lion or survive there for a week. Us men here, we turn 21, we just get wasted. Even like in marriage, like, let's think about that. Like, what do we do? We objectify women and go get strippers. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just we ritualize these toxic masculinities, like traits throughout history, throughout cultures. So I have a question for you. Um, what would you say for any of our listeners who are who's in a relationship with somebody who is maybe showing some of these traits or maybe doing some of these things that you did in your past how would what would you say to somebody like how could they approach their partner um to maybe get them to i don't know look deep the way you did or or i don't what i don't know what that aha moment was for you like how could have a partner or could they have maybe maybe hmm. nobody could have ever said anything but i'm just curious like if you were if i was in that situation is there anything that could kind of just initiate that conversation i mean there's this quote from this book that I was reading, uh, For the Love of Men by Liz Plank. Mm -hmm. She said that um, talking about things like that is uh, very much like Fight Club. And first rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. So it's, it's, it's something that, I mean, there's been so many partners of mine that have attempted to have these conversations they create a sacred space they put incense and we just sit down and they try to talk to me and it's and it's 
until I knew my true edge as a as a man of where I stood. And I mean, I can honestly credit ayahuasca for that because that was definitely like just it, ayahuasca just ripped your soul out, rings it out, and then you're just left with this puddle of who you thought you were. No, I was going to say, watch your hand. Because um, the mic will pick up your slapping of your... Oh, He's yeah. slapping his thigh, y'all. <laughs> um, I want to backtrack a little bit. Again, backstory so people understand like where we're coming from and why this conversation even took place, right? As far as like what we were talking about. Because people, again, they know you, but they don't know you. So you're talking about toxic masculinity and um, how it's allotted for you to have certain behaviors, right? So you were in different relationships. And I know it's such a mixture of things, right? Your situation is like trauma and mas- the uh, culture, toxic masculinity. But um, what Anthony's referring to is just his history with like some of your girlfriends in terms of if I'm a woman and I'm involved with a guy who, um, let's backtrack. We as a society make excuses for men, right? Like it's okay. It's not okay that a man cheats. It's not okay that a man is a player, but at the same time, it's not the same as when a woman is going around town and sleeping with a bunch of different people and stuff like that. Right. So it's like, how, how does all that, I mean, did any of that occur to you as far as, like, when you're with somebody and maybe not faithful or whatever, like, you just felt like you could get away with it? Well, you sparked something. I'm going to touch base on that. Um, growing up, actually, you just you just triggered a, a memory of mine. Um, yeah, women and men are definitely not held to the same standards, like you just said. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I got you. I got that. <laughs> so I actually remember there was a time where I was in school. And um, I went to the dean and I was a band kid uh-huh. and I was also overweight. And then somewhere in middle school, I just shot up, lost all my weight. And um, I started getting all this attention, unwanted attention, because it wasn't, I wasn't looking for it. And there was uh, a particular female that would harass me in the hallways. And I went to the dean and they just scoffed at me. They laughed. They're like, but you're a boy. And this was like in 97. Okay. So I was just like, I'm getting harassed by a girl and you don't believe me. So they just kind of sent me on my way. And and I just, there's been so many instances of that where even if I was a go-go dancer, just like gigging, right? There'd be a girl just completely objectifying me. And I was like, you just, just a double standard. Cause if it was a man, security would have been there mm-hmm. like right away. So yeah, there is, there is double standards on that. And that's, that's, that's a disservice because we're kind of feeding that toxic, because that's also toxic masculinity in women, thinking that they don't have to, you know, respect the same way that we're told to respect. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to rationalize anything, but for sure, that's that's definitely a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I want to go back to again because there's so many things that I want to hit. So I apologize. I'm like all over the place. But um, again, going back to the connection of in relationship, um, what were the excuses that you told yourself? How about that? Mm. The excuses of what exactly? So if you that were, it was okay. yeah, that, that it was, it was okay. okay. Whether to justify. It, yeah. What, how did you justify your behavior? Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was just trying to control the situation. It was never a factor of them. I didn't care about them, honestly, because I cared more about my ego, my sense, my sensitive masculinity. I cared about keeping that intact versus just the overall peace between two human spirits or, or people, you know? Just, it was more about how can I dominate the situation to get the outcome that I want, regardless of what they're going through, 
you know so it was it was definitely it it just wasn't rational i just didn't care it wasn't yeah. it wasn't something that someone told me stop listen to your partner look no it's you're the man you're the provider don't be weak control the situation if your woman is not doing this then what kind of man are you so it's just like and that comes from cultural like the my latino background as well so yeah um i just didn't i didn't know there was no excuse i wanted what i wanted and it came at whatever cost and yeah. Speaking of the Latino background, like, do you, um, would you say that that is, that is a common shared thought, or at least it was maybe definitely in the past, but, um, that idea of like, I want this, um, I'm a man. If the woman isn't providing X, Y, or Z, then it's okay for you to find it elsewhere. Like when you brought up, it's a cultural thing. What what are the specifics to that? I mean, it's uh, Latinos. In my experience, in my family, everything is just hypersexualized. From like a little kid, you see a little kid twerking or doing something. It's mm -hmm. just we hypersexualize everything. And um, also, something is uh, like I don't know. It just my grand my my grandfather. It, he was the first person to ever to ever see anything. He he verbally, physically abused everyone in his family just to portray his dominance mm -hmm. you know um and uh yeah infidelity mm -hmm. right That's a big one. yeah definitely just they just thought that they could have the world have the cake and eat it too and it no matter what it costs yeah you know what's so interesting about that um there's definitely um i could relate with certain things in um family from the past and hearing that it's really interesting because, and, and just the, how different it is now and how I talk a lot with my boyfriend about this, about the double standard things on like how now being a strong, independent woman is so like, you know, you have to do that. And that's like praised upon, but, but it's almost in certain situations, obviously very isolated in, so in uh, situations has it, has it, it's like, just as toxic. Like it, some of the like, well, I'm going to do this and da, 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 because again, if the tables were turned, you would never accept that kind of behavior or that kind of conversation or being talked to like that by a man. So, and I understand the generational thing and I understand, you know, like why, why we got here and how, um, but some of it, I, and I believe, is also going too far too. Right? What are your thoughts on that? Um, okay. yeah, no, I I agree to extend. Like, yes, be strong. Be I don't know. That's hard to say. I think it's situational. That's so what I'm saying. It's very isolated yeah. to specific situations. Um, but I guess like anything, yeah. like too much of anything, and too like you know like far one end. Um, so I'm gonna switch it up a little bit, actually, just for. I feel like I was like we've all been in a relationship, but not everybody has been in a relationship where they've either cheated or been cheated on or what have you. But like, say you are, like, how do you deal with somebody? Not that you're the expert and like the spokesperson for <laughs> for all mankind. All, all mankind. <laughs> but I do want to know. It's like, how does somebody navigate a relationship with old Anthony? How about that? Because I'm not going to categorize you now, but old Anthony. It's like how does how does one 
navigate because you can't help who you fall in love with, right? So it's like, what if you fall in love with someone and you find like, what are the signs of somebody who is, uh, sorry, I totally lost my thought there. Uh, what are the signs of like somebody who is either, um, I would say toxic, but it's not even the masculinity. It's somebody who is operating from trauma mode. And because they're operating from trauma mode, uh, either, you know, being unfaithful or just not treating them the way that they should be treated. That's definitely a hard one because everyone has different trauma responses to different things on how they deal with it, depending on how it was, how they dealt with it when they were growing up, when it happened for the first time, whatever, whatever sparked that uh, defense mechanism, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's just someone not able to be authentic with how they truly feel difficulties in, in expressing oneself or, or really getting to the bottom of things, you know? So, um, I mean, with me, again, I would love bomb people and let them see a version of me that I wanted. And then when it got too real, that's when I'd like create some scenario to make them go away. Half the time it was like me not being able to. I guess, keep up with the the progress of relationships. So I would self-sabotage because it was just easier to just give up, you know, for me personally. Um, but yeah, um, I'm kind of losing my thought. I was going into That's thought, okay. thought process. I asked you like a really loaded question. It was. So I was sorry. just like, how do I, Anthony, old Anthony. Okay. But yeah. Um, I guess what, like, where does one start to work on? Like, what if you're the person? Like, what if I'm the person listening to this podcast? I'm like, oh, I mean, I might have issues because I don't feel like that's what Val and I were talking about. Like, it's not common for someone to be like, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you even realize that? Yeah, I guess that's what I was curious too. Like, how? Well, backpedaling. I think you know right like you know what you're fucking doing you're a smart ass man like you know you're not we're nobody's idiots like they know what they're you know what you're doing i think uh i loved your honesty when you said you just didn't care because i think that's very real like mm -hmm. i i wasn't really thinking and i think that's an important thing to know right because i think I'll, i i could see how if you're being cheated on or mistreated or whatever, I could see how your wheels start turning. Like, what did I do? How yeah. could I have, you know, done something different? And and hearing that just from, you know, obviously your experience, it's like, it wasn't, that wasn't even a factor. Like, it, like that wasn't even, it had nothing to do with them. I was just focused on me and what I wanted. And I think that's a, a big deal. Uh, and a, a good thing to know for, I guess, yeah. in what you're trying to say, like, oh, no, somebody's listening to this and feeling like, what did I do? Right, yeah. right. I was chasing addiction, mostly. The addiction mm -hmm. of having just all, like, love. Yeah, that high of the, endo the endorphins, the love. Because, I mean, thinking about it now, and it hurts to say this, actually. I never truly loved them. Mm -hmm. I loved them what they loving me. Yeah. And, and that's hard to kind of, like, recognize that, you know? And um, I just... Like I said, how I realized I just got tired of hurting people. I like, I just got fed up with a woman's suffering being collateral damage for my self-discovery. I was just done with that. I've hurt so many people and just a repetition and just, you know, I, I didn't want to hear it anymore. And um, I was doing more good than bad. And once people got like, a real taste of who I was, I'd go find something new sure. that didn't know that. 
you know what I mean? It just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do and I was just over it. So, yeah. Has, um, having, has having children changed any of that? Like it, Absolutely. Having my daughter, mm -hmm. that changed everything. She also taught me the secret to women. Oh, <laughs> oh what's the secret to women? We got to quote this. You will never, a man will never understand a woman. They can only love them. What a woman goes through, a man will never experience. So how can we decide for them what is best for them? For their bodies and for their hearts and for their minds. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was treating my daughter like my boy, my son, my eldest. And I was like, I, I just kept seeing her re resistance and, and I just felt bad. And it took a while for me to figure this out where I was just like, yeah. Um... Mm -hmm. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Second, so yeah. We're, we're just um, getting a little time check. Um, I love that so much uh, that your daughter taught you that. I think that's super cute. And I and I am like, you know, she's right. How old is she? She's seven now. Seven. Yeah. Like, um, you just have to just love them, right? Um, that's that's super cute and super powerful. So it didn't hit until your daughter. <coughs> A little bit after. Okay. Um, just because it's she, like is she the youngest. No, she's the middle. Oh, okay. she's the middle. I have a, I have a um a one year old boy too. Oh, so okay. yeah, but yeah, just kind of seeing, just because like as tough as she wants to be to kind of show out for daddy and mm -hmm. and um you know be one of the boys, she would always gravitate towards women, and I was realizing that I was missing a delicate essence, a a, a part of some something that I don't offer. And she would gravitate to really strong women that were friends or, or you know, because uh, I'm a single dad, so I'm not with their moms. But yeah, anytime I'd have just a friend over, she would just gravitate. And I started realizing that I was like, there's something that I'm not giving. And yeah, just seeing that she was always around boys, you know, three boys. So yeah. That's and funny, you know, because when I came to see you, uh, so Anthony and I had hung out recently the first time I had met her in person and she was like la, la, la. you're like i'm sorry she's being a lot i'm like no she's excited it's fine and i was yeah. one of the people who was like look at how many she's around boys it's a girl came along like let her act crazy and silly and yeah. i don't care like it's fine it's not too much yeah. you know that's good yeah cute so where are you now like and and Obviously, I think with everybody, like everybody has shit, right? Everybody yeah. has shit that like has happened in the past, shit that we're all like, Ooh, I need to work on this a little bit. Um, I don't know how long it's been because you you guys know each other more, but for yeah. our listeners, like I don't know how long your journey has been of self discovery. Like, but where would you say you are now? And for anybody struggling, who could maybe I like identify with like what your um a little bit of what you've shared, what would you say to them? Like, how could they start to turn things around? Authentically check in with yourself. Stop lying. If you feel something, say something. You know, it's it's when we when we keep pushing those things, they, they turn up as something else, whether it be an action, a habit, even a disease, you know? Because um, whatever you don't speak on, the body will keep score. And... It could it could be just any kind of sickness and and anything. Just just check in, check in with yourself honestly. Your mind, your heart, and your stomach, your gut, your gut instincts. What is it saying? What is it telling you? Um, 
And that's it. Just be radically honest with yourself. Let me ask you something. When you had that moment of radical honesty, did you have an emotional breakdown? I did. I did because everything that I knew was a lie. Everything that I created was a lie. Um, I've been lying to everyone because I was lying. Actually, I was lying to everyone, giving them a lie to believe that I was trying to believe. That's the thing. That lie that I was telling them was the lie that I was trying to believe. So if I made everyone else believe it, then they would project it back to me. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. I just set the stage. This is this is my set. Mm-hmm. So and that was a control factor, mm. you know, so. But what was that lie? That I was OK. Oh. That I was, you know, that's probably the biggest lie anyone can tell themselves. You know, I one of my one of my defense mechanisms trauma mechanisms is is from trauma i mean uh was for me to forget just to let go some stuff has happened to me in my past where i just didn't want to think about it um it was it was and it was cultural you know there's there was some things that kind of happened to me where um there was like sexual abuse physical abuse verbal abuse and everyone's like oh it's okay they're just playing or oh it's they just wrote it off as whatever oh we're latino or this or that it's just it blows my mind how like and they're older generations and they were taught that as well so i forgive them i already have and spoken to them about it but yeah it was just it was hard to see it so i would just forget push down let go and once i saw like my mess like i said that's when i started realizing i need to clean this up so i love that thank you for sharing and i'm super fascinated about the ayahuasca um discovery just because i've heard um that'd be such a really amazing experience for so many people um definitely obviously different um different podcast different day but yeah. i just think that's so fascinating and what would you would you say that was when it started the so the ayahuasca i'm gonna rewind it can you explain to anybody who's not familiar what ayahuasca is um to my knowledge not an expert so ayahuasca is a root it's a it's a it's a hallucinogen. Oh, okay. See, yeah. so I was the party that didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, ooh, that's like Reiki. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a hallucinogen. Oh. Um, it's uh, it's it's a medicine. That's what they call it. Um, and it's done in a lot of sacred ceremonies, Got and it. it's it's held by um, an ayahuasquera or ayahuasquero. Everyone always says shaman, but it's a totally different thing. But yeah, so it's held by ayahuasquera or ayahuasquero. And they do an intake before you do anything. And they ask you about like your traumas, your background, what have you experienced? And I kind of had like a whole, yeah, book report on me. And um, they ask you to kind of like detox before you do it because it could count like react you know what i mean they tell you to quit eating meat salt stop listening to um you know stuff on the radio news even because it all your mind locks away everything Mm -hmm. and that's it just brings everything to light things that you don't want to see it's it's i don't know how it happened or how it worked but just i was seeing things and experiencing things that i didn't even know were there remembering memories like one of the most insane memories that i had was i i I was writing with my left hand in 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 kindergarten and my teacher was like that's stupid write with your right hand oh it was the weirdest memory and i was like am i supposed to be left-handed 
wow, my whole life's a lie. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. Yeah, it just brought up stuff Weird. like that. And then um, I mean, something else that I that I that brought to my attention was, you know, not to parent my parents. Oh. That was crazy. But anyways, yeah. So ayahuasca uh, ayahuasca is a route that kind of with proper guidance mm -hmm. can surface memories, traumas, and experiences that people don't know or realize that it's there. Interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna say dot 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 because we can pick this up in another oh, podcast. Yeah, no, we have to. It's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I used to work with a guy who did it, and I actually came up came into his ayahuasca trip like he was like bell you came and he told me this whole story so i was like what like we were we just worked together like once a month you know i was like yeah. this is me and he told me all the stuff that came up for him it was i've only heard great things so i i'm super fascinated by it by it and seen documentaries and stuff um we are so excited because we actually yeah. get uh anthony for another podcast um hopefully in the future too so thank you so much for everything that you shared in this one obviously thank you to our listeners our viewers um for being on this journey with us and um i don't know which one we're doing first but yes yeah, stick around because we have a little bit more yay thank you for having me guys yes thank you for Blessings. sharing and all the things and you guys thank you for tuning in as always and we'll see you next time Adios. adios